and Lindsay Simpson. Each week, we catch up with Krista and Lindsay to hear what's happening now, what hilariousness happened then, and to ask, is it almost 30? Welcome to the Almost 30 Podcast, everyone. It's Linz. Thanks so much for being here. Literally means the world. Sometimes it makes me cry. We appreciate all of you for listening and for rating and reviewing on iTunes. We've gotten some amazing reviews lately. We appreciate you. If you haven't rated and reviewed, please do so. Go to iTunes, click on reviews, and then click write a review. And we would just love to have you write a review because it helps us to bring on more amazing guests and land sponsors that we love, believe in, and use. And then we could share discount codes with you guys as well as products and things like that. So head on over to iTunes. And also we wanted to remind you that we've launched our Patreon page. So Patreon is a way for our listeners to give either $2, $5, $10 or more a month and get, you guys get rad, rad rewards. I cannot speak today. And I think it's because it is, um, the day of our country's birth and I'm having a little trouble. (laughs) So Patreon is a way for us to get back to you. We share bonus episodes with our patrons. We send swag. We have a super cool almost 30 hat that we just had made. Really excited to share that with you guys. We also shout you out on Instagram, on the show, and we give you an opportunity to call into the show, which is amazing and super fun. We want to hear from you. So check out our page, patreon.com slash almost 30. And we would love for you to be one of our patrons. And if you have any ideas or have any questions, just email us at almost 30 podcast at gmail.com. All right, guys, we love you so much. We hope you are enjoying this 4th of July. I'm sure you're listening to this episode post 4th of July celebrations, but get present for this one. This one is amazing. We have on Thais Sky. Thais is a women's coach, writer, and truth speaker. And I'm going to read from her website. She says, I believe that overcoming our fears of not enoughness is the essential catalyst to everything we want. I also believe in the magical powers of kindness turned inward and that our liberation is intricately tied together and that women's voices are the essential ingredient missing in this messy world. We talk so much to Thais. This one is, (laughs) this one kind of like left us pausing. We thought we were woke and Thais is like another level of woke. We talk about the worthiness wound, which she describes as that unshakable sense that no matter what you do and how much you have, it's never going to feel enough. And that sense that there's something wrong with you and that you are deeply unlovable, that is the voice of the worthiness wound. So we go into that and so much more. We just talk about lifting each other up, not only um, women supporting women, but just humans supporting humans in this time in our world. It's a lot, but Thais is such a light and is helping women to become successful and feel worthy. And yeah, I have nothing more to say because I think the <laughs> the episode kind of speaks for itself. So please listen on, grab your notebook, let us know what you think. Thais is really, really special. You can find her on thaissky.com, T-H-A-I-S. S-K-Y. Yeah, I can't wait for you to hear this one. All right, guys, 
Have a wonderful day. Enjoy this episode. Those articles I think those are amazing. Mm-hmm. What do you want to talk about? I'm just going to put my soothing, sexy voice. Oh, yeah. you do have right? one. Isn't it cool? We're just going to. We can hear yourself. It's so sexy. Can I you know. do that? Can you lead us through a meditation? I mean, I, I, of course, if you want. Do you do that? You do that. I do everything except for stripping. I do, I don't <laughs> I do, do that. that. That's where I've got you. That's where I we're also a perfect have you. match. <laughs> Unless it's in my bedroom. And yeah. then. <laughs> Unless it's me after work when I need to get my clothes off my body. Bra off as soon yes. as possible. I'm like bra off now. <laughs> Literally. That's like being home. That if I work from home, home, I need to put a bra on and that's how I know I'm like starting my day. I mean. Oh, really? Yeah, 100%. Mm. If I'm like working from home, I'm like, girl, you need to put a bra on or you're going to like, you're a slob. Sometimes I, I work naked. And you do? I do. Yeah. I don't like my laptop touching my naked body. Isn't I, that weird? I, mm. I don't blame you. I don't like, I'm like, oh God. But some, the LA heat and it's just hot and yeah. you just want to like. If I'm, yeah. if I'm working though, I'm probably slouching at my computer and yeah. sometimes like my naked body slouching. Same. You're just I like. I don't like that. Wait, what? Yeah. Boobs. Boobs. Yeah. <laughs> but that's actually Belly. a great idea. I want to uh-huh. do that this week mm-hmm. before my brother moves in with me and I can't Hang be naked, naked anymore. I actually hung out naked yesterday. Justin's out of town in Denver, mm. and Justin's my boyfriend who I live with. And I figured, yeah, it's like I don't he's know. my dog. Not quick enough for a joke. That was yesterday. And I just was like walking around my house naked for like the whole day. Isn't it, was it amazing. fun? So amazing. So how do you to know each other? Oh, good question. Tinder. Thank you for inter- yeah. interviewing. Yeah, she's already taking the reins. I see. <laughs> <laughs> see what kind of lady you are. Kristen and I uh, met out here actually, but we've been following each other. Like in a like not intentionally, or we or didn't actually, know each other. No, we didn't know. But geographically, we've been kind of like skipping around. So to she was in New York cities. City. I was in New York yeah. City. I moved from New York City here. Oh, I get introduced through a friend. I want to be in New York next week. You are. Oh, I yeah. am. Are you, you like by coastal? Like I would. I mean, that is. You, you will be. The. I mean, I have family on in Maryland. Mm-hmm. So when I go to Maryland, I try to also go to New York just because I love the city. Yeah. Mm. But uh, I'm not. I mean, my business is online, so I guess I could be. Anywhere. World coastal. You could be Bali <laughs> on your computer. Oh my God, Bali. <laughs> Laptop lifestyle. Yeah, literally. <laughs> this is me at the pool work. <laughs> no, listen, ladies. If I'm going to fucking Bali, I'm not fucking working. Yeah. Okay, yes. please, please. That's with blog- blogging, it is kind of hard because it's like, that's my time to shine. Yeah. It's when mm-hmm. I'm traveling. Yeah. It's my time to get content. It's my time to get pictures, blah, blah, blah. And it's hard to. So true. It's hard to turn that on. No, I, I bet. Like today I was at the beach and the last thing I want to be doing is taking self. You know, I, I just want to be present with my yeah. life. And yet there's that vo- nagging mm-hmm. voice like, this is so perfect picture. Yes. <laughs> Literally. What is that voice? <laughs> what is that fucking I'm voice? Right? With that voice. <laughs> but we all have it. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I love that particular voice. I think we all have that I think voice. It's that's the like, millennial. Take the picture. Yes. Take the picture. yes. Millennial entrepreneur voice. Oh my God. So true. It's like, you're like, oh my God. And then you're like, we should have captured that. Yes. <laughs> if I, you know, you're like, ah. oh fuck. Like I ever think if like ever anything's really funny or fun, I'm like, God, I should have got video. Yeah, yeah. Or the worst part is you don't, you know, you hang out with people and it's amazing, and then you leave and you're like, fuck, I didn't get any photographic 100%. evidence that that cool experience just happened. Is any? Did it really mm-hmm. happen? Yep. Like, are people gonna believe me that that really happened? Or if I look really good? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Yeah. Totally. I'm like, this what's the fucking point? This is this is officially hashtag first world problems. It yeah. is like the epitome. Of I it. feel bad. Like, I think I feel bad for just kids. Like now, like I can't imagine when I was growing up, I wore a different outfit every single day. Like if I had Instagram and shit, like damn, like the pressure to have different outfits, different clothes, kind of like 
keep on top of things because at that age it's like really like new stuff is cool mm. you know I what i mean watched a, do- a documentary last night called daisy and <gasps> i saw that oh, yeah. have you seen it daisy no. and mag or something audrey audrey yes and it's about these bullying. two yeah it's about high school bullying and being sexually assaulted and then one of them committed suicide yep. and then the other one created anyway Damn. it's uh i mean and I was thinking, like, wow, I remember when I was a freshman, I went to a party, I got, you know, I snuck out of the house, I got drunk, I smoked weed, like, yeah. I did all the things, I, I overdid it, it was a high school uh, senior mm. party, it, you know, n- bad things could have happened, the, the I was puking, you know, I was a freshman puking in the bathroom. Uh-huh. There could have been really That's bad reper- repercussions of that, luckily there weren't, because this was slightly before social media, mm. like, just, like, what, a yeah. year? So no one could really gossip yeah. and talk about it because damn. yeah it happens because they so didn't true. know there wasn't the way mm-hmm. it was crazy is that show um did you remember at the end the boy that sexually assaulted daisy or one of the girls yeah they were like what did you learn through this whole process oh my god that was the worst do you die oh no do you die oh. so they're asking oh, this kid they're like me. what did you learn through this whole process that so girls are dramatic Girls and they are, gossip. Girls are dramatic and like they gossip and guys are just chill laid and back. cool. Yeah. And they're laid back. No, the worst part for me was the sheriff. Yo. What did he say? So Yo. he was responsible <laughs> for overseeing the the whole evidence yes. for the two boys that the investigation. raped the two fucking girls. Yep. And uh, he has daughters that are yes. in high school. Yes. And in the interview, he was like, you know, People aren't taking responsibility. Like, they need to be taking responsibility. They need to be looking at their part of the crime. And the yep. interviewer was like, and, and that's, we agree with that, except in this particular instance, the boys committed the crimes. And he goes, You sure about that? Yes. Ho, 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 ho. Shut up. Yes. Yeah. Like, he, he goes, was basically sure saying that? that girls were only saying that stuff for drama. Yes. To make it up. Damn. That was fucked up. This is the rape was culture that we live in. And was this in like, what it, ta- where like, was it? Like a city Kansas? or a- Missouri. Missouri. This is in Missouri. Oh. I think the most important thing as adults is to continue to be in conversation with children, with our mm, children, yeah. and be clear on the mistakes that we've made instead of trying to mm. appear like we're the perfect adults. 100%. That's a good one. Like if my mom had told me, you know, like she got dumped by her boyfriend, it would have just made me feel, oh, okay. Totally. So That's so true. It's not just me. I think yeah. the more yeah. human that our like parents appear early yeah. on, the better. Yeah. You know, because they try to be this, like, really strong figure Mm -hmm. or hide, like, what they're not very proud of. Yeah, Yeah, that's so true. And it's like, no, that would would be ideal for you to share in in any situation, you know, but. Yeah, like, that's why mom hides her, like, like, she has anxiety, depression, and she's, like, hidden that from us Mm. our whole life. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of shame. There's so many things that we have to be unpacking here. There's so much shame. Shame. That's true. And uh, women in depression. It's a whole thing. Should we introduce our guest? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) After our little intro convo. How do you introduce yourself? Like, when you introduce yourself to people, what do you say? I am amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're like, hi, this is Mm -hmm. all you need to know. And that's all you need to know. I'm a life coach. Mm -hmm. I'm a teacher, meditation teacher. I am a speaker, Mm -hmm. motivational speaker. I... A coach supporting women be- feel more worthy in their lives, mm. and I do that through my online platform as well as teaching in LA. So done, mic drop, period, end. Done. How do people? Is your name real? It is real. I know your name is fucking crazy. So my name is Thais Carolina Cavalcante Guimarães. I am Brazilian. It's amazing. Uh, <sighs> what? <laughs> That's amazing. 
Thais, you're going to do it. Yeah, you're like confidently going to check in. We have to learn it for the yeah. for our intro. Oh, it's Sky. Just Sky. Like Thais Sky. Yeah. Thais Sky. Yeah, Thais Sky. Yeah. That's like an yeah. amazing name. Thank yeah, you. That's beautiful. It was very intentional. Really? It was What's like the my, background? My angel form came down in my mother. Really? Said, no. <laughs> oh, my God. I believed it. I was like, damn, girl, that's so cool. <laughs> She's like, Thais, please name her Thais. Uh, my mom loved the name Thais. Thais is very popular in Brazil. I mm. love it. So uh, it's, it's good, good for kids, good for adults. Yeah. And love then that. the H is, is silent. So it's like Megan. Like you don't pronounce mm. Megan differently. There's an H in there. It's Megan. the same in Portuguese. Oh, okay. It's just Thais, with the, whether mm. there's an H or not. Uh, but then when you come into the U.S., it makes a big difference. Really? Because there's yeah, Thais, 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 Yeah. So wait, let's talk about your journey and your path to where you are today. Mm. Sure. How old are you? I am 28, 27. Wow. Shut incredible. up. I'm turning 28 in June. You're a baller. Damn. Thank you. Damn, how are you a baller well, at 27? You guys are like, what? We're yeah. ballers too. That's true. Yeah, we're Winners. Tw- yeah, half that. Winners. We're 29. What are we called? Okay. Muggles and... And just entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs. I mean, I don't want to say witches because that's that's very sacred. That has its own thing. Yeah. (laughs) The muggles and the non muggles. Muggles seems negative, though. Mm -hmm. It's not negative. No, there's plenty of good muggles. Like, we need the muggles. Muggles are great. That's true. Matt knows. Matt actually has a Harry Potter podcast. It's famous, it's been around for a long time. Is Muggles from Harry Potter? Yes. Cool. I need that. Did you perk up? Did you get a little Harry Potter boner? Just a little bit. Do you really have a Harry Potter podcast? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's amazing. And Isn't I said muggles. Do we relate? Do we relate yes. in a well, deeper way right I now? I correct you because we're in America and they're called nomads. <laughs> Die for you. <laughs> Die for you. It's a common. It's a common. They're called nomads. Americans call them nomads. What no, does that stand for? No magic. No. I think it's stupid. I agree. Oh my god. Wow. Madge. Everything. Do we need to move on? Do we need to keep going? Because I think I think we got all we <laughs> needed to get so done right true. here. We're done. <laughs> We're done here. Let's sorry. Let's take off our headsets. No like, match. This is, this is epic. Wait, that's amazing. <laughs> Any other facts about that? Muggles? Um, no. Do you get that from reading the books? Like, just tons of them? No, or? there's no nomad in the no, books. There's no nomad. Uh, J.K. Rowling announced it when she was doing the, uh, she was writing the screenplay for uh, Fantastic Beasts. Oh. Did you see that? I, I did. You don't, did. You don't need to see. Really? It. Yeah, it's it's gonna be five movies. Really? Yeah. It's, wow. It's sad. Oh. Yeah. Just yeah. Just disconnect yourself from, from that. Just read the books. Just read the books, and you can watch the movies if you want. Harry Potter movies are amazing. I have all seven Harry Potter books, and I have the hard copy. Me too. And uh, I've read still, them in like a few days. They're still on the East Coast because I didn't want to bring them over. Uh, yet at that time, but now I'm like, fuck! How am I supposed to get these seven thirty-pound individual so books true. over to LA? Uh, so I'm deciding I'm gonna have my parents ship one book at a time, like once a <laughs> month. Your poor that. parents. <laughs> and then God by month seven, like <laughs> yeah, they're like seventeen dollars <laughs> every month <for> shipping costs. <laughs> <laughs> like this, is a, like I'm not gonna fucking put it in my suitcase because it's heavy. It's so heavy. And when you're traveling, you already have so many heavy things to carry. This is again first world problems. Mm-hmm. Very proud of my my Harry Potter issue right now. Hundred uh, percent. This is what keeps me up at night, people. <laughs> okay. Tell us about your Real story. Yang, How'd your you path. get to where you are today? Okay, so uh, let's see. I was born in Brazil. And I went to school in Boston. Mm-hmm. And so Brazil to Boston? When did you move? I moved to Maryland when I was seven. Oh, okay. 
that's an important stop. I'm sorry. I yeah, forgot no. that stop. Very important stop. <laughs> like Brazil and then Boston. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so seven years old, moved to the United States, went to school in Boston. And my first year in college, I developed a pretty serious binge eating disorder, mm-hmm. which didn't come out of nowhere. It culminated from, you know, suicidal pressures in high school and the need to look skinny and you're starting to develop curves. And again, no one really talks about the importance of being okay with your yeah. body as it expands, you know, because yeah. our society is so obsessed with women looking like they're 12 when they're 100%. 40. Mm-hmm. So Matt even agrees. Yeah. Why is that? God. <laughs> obsessed so so uh developed binge eating disorder and that that was terrifying and it felt like I was losing control of my life and so even though I was getting great grades and I was kind of flourishing Mm. in my in my academic realm in my personal life I felt like I was slowly falling apart and it was my last year in college when I had this kind of awakening I had a dark night of the soul experience I remember I was in my friend's apartment, it was like 90 degrees. There's no air conditioning. It was hot. It was humid. Like we are, like, yeah, right, right now. now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the middle of the night, I was in, a, you know, I couldn't sleep. And all I kept thinking about was how I wanted to eat a block of cheese that was in the fridge. And and that's when you know that, you know, there's something going on here when you can't think of anything else. Yeah. When mm. all you can think about is the next thing you're going to eat and how mm. much you want to eat that mm-hmm. thing. And, uh, I put my hands together and I prayed and I said, fuck God, like, fuck, I need help. Like, mm. I need help. And I, I was an atheist. I didn't believe in God. Uh, but at that moment, like, I fell to my knees, you know, uh, metaphorically. I needed something. And I heard a response. I, I heard something. And, uh, you know, mm. the words that I received was, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And that's all I needed in that moment to mm. open myself to the possibility that, it's not just me operating in a in a vacuum in this life. And so I started the path of what it looks like to coexist with the universe mm-hmm. and co-work and be in mm-hmm. alignment with something greater than myself. And so that's when I started really diving into Buddhism and other spiritual teachings. And I got into yoga and I started uh, really getting into yoga. And um, very quickly from that moment on, I knew that I wanted to be a yoga teacher. I knew that I wanted to be a coach. I started as a health coach. I went through IIN, the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. And uh, I just kept feeling this pull that I needed to be an entrepreneur, even though I really didn't want to be an entrepreneur. Like there was nothing about being an entrepreneur that I wanted. I felt like I needed structure. I felt like mm-hmm. I needed the support systems of an organization, mm-hmm. but the poll again and again, you have to do this. This is what you have to do. Mm-hmm. So uh, four years later, I moved to L.A. and quit my full time job and started taking my business 100 percent seriously. So and that was two years ago, wow. almost. So I've been an entrepreneur for six years and then doing it full time here in L.A. Was that two. scary? Yeah, no, it was scary. I drove across the country by myself, and oh. the entire drive, I felt like I was going through a, a hero's journey. It felt like a, yeah. or a hero, a heroine's journey, right? Like going yeah. into a state of awakening. I remember the first day, I only had to drive four hours, and two hours in, I was like, "Okay, I'm bored." One hundred percent, I'd die. What What do I do now? What do yeah, do? Uh, but I kept. I made stop pit stops along the way. I stopped in Chicago, and I taught mm-hmm. a workshop there. And then I was in Denver for a week for a wedding, and I taught a workshop there. And then cool. I came to LA, and I taught a workshop here. So I, you know, I made it happen for myself. And yeah, it was scary. I think the scariest part was being in LA and not having like I didn't quit my job with 
making a million dollars or having yeah. seven figures or whatever yeah. the elusive level of success is. And yeah. so I was scared because I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pay my bills next week. Yeah. I don't know if I'm gonna, how long mm. I'm going to be able to make it. I was living off of savings and films. And uh, it was absolutely terrifying. And I remember thinking again and again and again, if you leap, the net will appear. If you leap, the net will appear. Well, the net never fucking appeared. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I was like, I'm free falling, and there's no net. As like, hello, mm-hmm. where's the net? And everything that I had been teaching myself up to that point, manifestation, law of attraction, yeah. nothing was working. It wasn't working. And so when someone says, the law says that it will work if you do these things, and you are doing those things, and it's not working, what do you do? You immediately think, I'm broken. Mm-hmm. There's something wrong with me. Yeah, I'm not doing it well enough. Mm. I'm not doing it enough. Yep. And that feeds right into what I'm constantly seeing with women is society keeps telling us that we need to be a certain thing and we're never going to be that thing. And so not only do we have our own idealized image of who we should be, we have society's expectation of who we should be. And then in the spiritual world, this enlightened space, we still have our egos telling us how we should be. Mm -hmm. If you have the funnels, if you have the branding, if you have the things, boom, seven figures. If you have the podcast and do it all right and do it like this, boom, advertisers are going to be knocking at your door. Mm -hmm. You know, if you don't, if you have all of these things, easy peasy. Mm -hmm. And if you're not doing these things or if you're, not believing in yourself enough, then you're not going to get the results. Mm-hmm. All this mindset, it's all this uh, energy in our heads that if we just keep running and running and running, we'll make it happen. Mm-hmm. We just have to believe in ourselves and manifest and sit with the divine feminine energy and let it be, mm-hmm. but also secretly be panicking and freaking out if you're mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. doing enough. Anyway, so that culminated into a huge clash where you know things were moving, but it was not the promised land that I had hoped for and it hit a a really dark point this was last december where i was like this is not working anymore Mm. and i have to try something new so that has been my journey of the past five months is figuring out what that something new is Mm. Mm. what are you thinking about well a couple things first i really started to look at all of the beliefs that i really took for granted Mm -hmm. the beliefs that i was indoctrinated in the spiritual entrepreneurial world Mm -hmm. like i said where'd you hear those beliefs like I mean, I had a coach, mm-hmm. you know, a mindset manifesting mm-hmm. coach uh, who taught me a lot of these beliefs. And fucking sucks. It's connected. It sounded great. Yeah. This is the thing with it. It sounds really good. Yeah. This idea that you can have and be all. And if you don't have and be all, it's because you're not working hard enough yeah. or you're believing in yourself enough. Yeah. This is what they call the post feminine ideals. So right now, we live in a, and some people believe that we live in a post feminine area or space Mm -hmm. just like there's some people that believe that we live in a post-racism space Mm -hmm. because we've we've elected obama so we can't have racism racism doesn't exist anymore right Mm -hmm. so we have that in this post-feminine ideal which is we're all equal now like Mm -hmm. let's be honest women have just as many opportunities Mm -hmm. as men so the only reason why women Mm -hmm. aren't as successful as men is because we're not working hard enough Mm -hmm. because if we just worked hard enough we could have it yeah look at ivanka's trump latest book that's the entire book it's basically saying this is how I got to success and it was because I believed in myself and I worked really hard and I hired 10 nannies and if I can do it you can do it too oh my god what the problem (laughs) the problem with that and and I'm seeing this also in the entrepreneurial space this idea that we can have it all is that it takes us as silos like you as an individual as opposed to you in a collective we've forgotten that we live in a collective we've forgotten that 
we are not separate from the belief systems that got us here. Mm. And a lot of those belief systems are still very much embedded in us about how women are inferior, how we have to be constantly obsessing over the male gaze, like how men view us. Mm. We are fed advertisements that are told that we have to look a certain way, mm-hmm. that we have to be whatever. So then what we do is we create a brand where we epitomize that we have it all. Mm-hmm. And how is that any different? Like if we don't like that they sell Toyota cars with women in like strappy bikinis. We don't like that, right? Mm-hmm. That, that feels yucky to mm, women. Yeah. Like, why would we do that? Well, they're selling this sex appeal and women being objectified. How is that any different than us using our branding photos and our photos on our websites that only show how perfect our life is? Mm. It's selling mm-hmm. the same thing. You can have it all. You can be it all. Look at me. I have it all. Mm. And so those are some of the beliefs that I started to really ask myself, is this really empowering women Mm -hmm. or is this empowering Thais on the backs of women? Mm. Is this really, really supporting the collective empowerment of women Mm. or only empowering the few white privileged women Mm -hmm. that can afford my 50,000 a year coaching? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, So that was that's where you came to a halt in December where you were like, no, this is not feeling good to me. Exactly. Okay. So I've been I've been I've been sold all these things and I have been kind of spewing all these things and empowering the empowered. Yeah. It's kind of like what? Yeah. Or like empowered by being white, being Mm -hmm. privileged, whatever. Because I was I had my blinders on and, and this is why I don't blame anyone that still has their blinders on because it's not like I was blinding purposefully. It's not like I was purposefully trying to be privileged or per, mm-hmm. or, or not purposely trying to be privileged. What am I trying to say? Purposely trying to be exclusive. Mm-hmm. You know, purposely trying to sell, having it all to abuse other women. Yeah. None of this is, you know, purposefully being done. And one of the things that I've realized is that we have to be looking at intention. Yeah. Intention's important, but impact is more important. Impact over mm. intention always. Always. Yeah. Because, of course, we never intended to, to you know, abuse black people, yet we do it all the time mm-hmm. in all of these ubiquitous ways. Yeah. So we have to be looking at impact and intention. Intention is one, but it doesn't overdo the impact. Here's a stupid example. If I hurt your feelings, mm-hmm. okay, and I, you know, said something very rude to you. Yeah. And you come to me and you're brave enough to say this to me. Most people aren't, right? You're brave enough to say that really hurt my feelings. Yeah. And I can say, well, that wasn't my intent. Does that feel like, does that land with you? Like, does that feel like, oh, then you're off the hook. Oh, mm. oof, God, that wasn't your intention. We can, be, oh, we can be best friends now. Yeah. That's not how it works, right? Yeah. You, what I rather. Well, they don't own it in that, in that moment. Yeah. So the, the, the more spiritually kind of evolved answer is, fuck. Mm. I, I hear that, that that wasn't my intent. Yes. And I really did hurt your feelings. And I'm yep. so sorry. Yep. And I'm going to see or do or think or sit mm-hmm. with that. And that that's, that's grounded energy. Mm-hmm. That's saying, I hear you. Mm-hmm. I see you. And I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we have to start thinking about and doing on a bigger scale. Is my marketing perpetuating women's uh, or it, it perpetuating mm-hmm. violence against women? And if you find that, you know, in some way it is, shit, I am so sorry. Mm. Wow, I didn't know I was doing this. But now I'm really going to look at the impact mm. of what I'm doing instead of just focusing on my intent and how perfect I am. Because that doesn't get mm. us off the hook. It just perpetuates our negativity, or not negativity, our ignorance. Mm. So, because so, it does, I guess, 
as a life coach and motivational speaker and everything like that, like I guess your a lot of the marketing that you guys do, it seems like is to perpetuate the idea that you have a perfect life. Exactly. Because that's why people would want to go to you, quote unquote. Exactly. Because you have the perfect life. And I have the answers. Wanna, yeah. I have all the answers. So yes, that's exactly right. That is how it started. Yeah. It started with why would you go to a life coach? Because a life coach has the answers that you crave. You're feeling it's all like sorts a trainer. Of it's like why would you go to a trainer if the trainer isn't super in shape you right know, what do they know it's kind exactly. of that same exactly mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so it, it continues this idea that in order for you to be an expert in something you have to be perfect mm-hmm. but no one is perfect one and two we live in an entrepreneurial space where everyone's so excited about being an entrepreneur that we have a lot of experts who are not experts 100%. so we have a lot of people who call themselves experts but they have no expertise mm-hmm. you know they've done one life coaching course and now they think that they're an expert in holding space for someone's brokenness. And mm-hmm. so we see a lot, a lot of these n- women craving quick money, craving the ants, you know, the wanting their brand to look a certain way. They invest thousands of dollars and then they just push that down the line. And it's hurting women. I guess that's the whole point I'm trying mm-hmm. to get to here. It's hurting women. And how can I feel good about that as a, as a coach? How can I feel good that? My prices are so alienating to 90% of the population. So the people who need it most can't get access to me because I was taught that you have to charge a ridiculous rate in order for you to offer ridiculous transformation. Damn. Skin in the game. You have to be charging a really high rate. In order for people to invest and feel, yeah. take you seriously. Take you seriously, 100%. And, and I'm that not sure so that that's true. true either. So that's what I've been doing. I've been really unearthing all of these beliefs that I've been taught uh, some of them, all of them came with great intentions, but now I'm like, does that really land for me and who I want to be in this world? And as someone who activates worthiness within, within women and who wants to empower women and who wants to see more women rise up into leadership so that we can you know, start really seeing equality, how am I contributing to women staying small? And me positioning myself as above and better actually is then creating a pyramid where I have to have followers in order for me to be the leader but then how is that really empowering, right? I want to be more like the woman at the back of the line pushing people forward and inspiring and encouraging than being at the front of the line being like, look how easy I can have 10 children and a career and I look beautiful and just follow me and all of your dreams will come true. And I grow my own vegetables. And I don't have wrinkles. Yeah. amazing mm-hmm. i grow my own vegetables <laughs> drink from my hot spring in my backyard yeah. <laughs> um that's so yo this true. is like it's so has me speechless yeah. to be honest how and i know you're still like percolating on yes, it so much percolation so do you want to reach more women who you do want to reach more women who wouldn't normally have access or the means to pay for a coaching session. So does that mean like using your online platform more? Like what Mm. is, or like creatively thinking about like, so here's one thing. Yeah. So here's one thing that I've been really thinking about. Are my posts, the things that I'm writing about, are they only for white women? Mm -hmm. Like do really only white women have this problem? 100%. 100%. But do you, oh, sorry to interrupt, no, 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 but like ahead. as the author of the article, like I would feel, you know, like could you speak to like the trials of. No, I couldn't. Black, you know what no, I mean? I'm so, so glad I, you asked that question. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. here's, so, so for example, 
let's talk about Ivanka Trump because she's mm-hmm. an excellent example. Let's. So, so she wrote from her genuinely own experience, but the way she wrote it is inspiring all women into her experience, right? But the only women who can really even closely relate to her experience are women, white women who have money. Hundred percent. So I'm not saying that that's her demographic, dude. Right. <laughs> but I, and though and mm-hmm. but she's right-hand woman to the president and she's saying that she's going to help women's equality. How can you help women's equality if the only women you are helping are white women? How is that like, do you know what I'm saying? Like, she won't, she would never say I'm helping white women equality, but that is what she's doing. 100%. So, when I'm writing something, I just keep in mind, is this relatable? Is this a problem or a challenge that all women experience or is it just white women that experience this problem mm-hmm. like I don't know what nanny to hire today mm-hmm. it's uh, like do I hire this nanny or mm-hmm. this nanny the majority of Americans can't hire anybody mm-hmm. so maybe I don't share about my challenges about hiring a nanny I don't have ki- children so this mm-hmm. is a completely metaphorical conversation so do you know what I'm saying it's just being a little bit more cognizant of I have issues that may or may not Mm-hmm. actually speak to the majority of people's issues. And so yeah. if I'm only talking about those issues, it's not that I can't talk about them, but if I'm only talking about those issues or in my website copy, I'm only talking about uh, challenges that really are f- almost like an elite problem, mm-hmm. then then what am I doing? Then I, mm-hmm. I am supporting women, but white women. And I want to be more inclusive. And that's yeah. the goal. I just want to be more inclusive. I don't want to just be speaking to the choir of white women. I want to be speaking to all women. And, you know, if they don't resonate with me and my message, totally fine. If they don't want to hire me, totally fine. You know, if they don't feel inspired by me because I am a white woman, totally fine. There's no judgments. And I just don't want people to be like, oh, she's like Ivanka Trump. Or like she's only talking about those problems. Mm -hmm. You know, just want to be a little bit more relatable. And there's so much that I do, so much of the work that I do that is relatable. Like almost all women have worthiness issues. So I just have to... Make sure that when I'm talking about them, it's coming from the space of all women experience mm. this and certain to a sliding scale, some less and some more. And that has helped me feel more grounded, mm-hmm. grounded in the true challenges of all women and not just the elite few. Mm-hmm. So for those of you listening and you're like, oh, my God, that sounds like so much work. It's really not. All you have to start thinking about is, is this thing that I'm sharing really relatable to people mm-hmm. or is this something that not a lot of people can relate to except for a few and mm-hmm. is that what you want to be perpetuating mm. and if I'm a women's life coach then I kind of have to take some responsibility for that mm-hmm. I feel like it's the the white women that seek out the self-help the coaches yeah because they you, you know if they we, can I guess mm-hmm. yeah Mm-hmm. Well, it's like Mavslov's hierarchy of needs. Mm-hmm. Once your needs are met at a certain level, you're able to right. do the other things. And, yep. you know, your problems become different problems where you're trying to figure out how to get the promotion or try to get to the next level, whatever. And you're it's, not trying to figure out how to fucking feed your kids. Yeah. It's also uh, the patriarchal hierarchy of needs yeah. where they serve the white men first. They're the priority, mm-hmm. you know, and then the, the white women mm-hmm. and then everybody else and they mm-hmm. fall in line in that way mm-hmm. um so of course that those that have more resources available to them will be able to afford coaching mm-hmm. so working i i've been doing this work for a very long time 
I know that my work is rad and mm-hmm. I want to be compensated for that. So my pricing is line of me feeling like I am really like the work that I offer is yeah. equal, equitable to the money I receive. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit more pricier. Mm-hmm. But then I offer meditations for five to seven dollars. Mm-hmm. I also I offer digital products for like forty dollars. Like mm-hmm. I offer like a full spectrum of services. Mm-hmm. So no one feels like they can't access me at all. Mm-hmm. I'm not charging twenty thousand dollars for a year. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that type of pricing, like that's a car payment. Like that's a car. Mm-hmm. You know, we really have to be thinking about that. What if the amount of money people pay for you does not equal the level of transformation? What if it's the people that you work with and the work that you do that equals the, tr- the transformation? Mm-hmm. And so what if it's not so much about the price but the energy of which you show up that will offer the transformation for the client? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So maybe instead of having, oh, one webinar worked, I got like a client, so now I'm going to sell how to do webinars and I'm going to sell it for a yeah. package of $30 million and I've only done it once, That's but now I'm going to package it and make a million dollars out of it because I can. Right? Mm-hmm. What if we approached it differently? Yeah. Mm. What if we approached it as, you know, more grounded, more what's real? Mm-hmm. Like, what can I truly offer? Mm-hmm. What education do I need to get to make sure that I can truly offer the service? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if I've only been doing this for a month, maybe I shouldn't charge millions of dollars. Yeah. Like, maybe I need to up my prices slowly as mm-hmm. my level of understanding of the business world increases. Mm-hmm. It's just being pragmatic. And the reason why this is so new to me is because that's not what I was taught. You know, I was taught raise your rates, have them high, make them, mm-hmm. you know, because then you only have to have six clients at $20,000 and you have a six-figure business. Yeah. And that's the epitome. Or that's the goal, the yeah. six-figure business. And so it's basically exploiting people so that you can have the six-figure dream. That didn't feel good anymore. Mm-hmm. And then you tell everyone you have a six-figure business, right? Oh, yeah. That's the rule. That's it's the like goal. That's the craziest thing. That's with, the rule. Is you Facebook tell ads. everyone with Facebook ads that you have I'm a I'm going to delete all of the accounts that I li- watch Insta stories where they're like... 100%. We're six-figure earners. We're seven-figure earners. Shut like up. We just hopped on our Facebook Live with all of us. No one in the corporate know? world talks about income this way. No one. 100%. No, like, no yeah, one why, talks about why money this in way. Why is it in this coaching self-help? Yeah, why is it? And what's crazy is, is that they also don't talk about real money. So, but it, but it, that's true. They talk about like Pre-tax. they made. Yeah, they talk Pre-tax, about how much they yo. made, but they don't talk about how much it cost, how much debt they're in, how yeah. much. Like I know plenty yeah. of people who made six figures in a year, and it cost them six figures to make that. Yeah. So they actually ended up with nothing. Yeah. And is that sustainable for most people? Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, it's perpetuating the lie too. It's perpetuating the lie. And so here's my goal right now in my life, in this Mm -hmm. moment, I want to break down the lies. So I've got built up all these lies over the years of who I should be and how I should be in the world. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I've created a whole brand up here in this, in this pedestal of lies Mm -hmm. okay and uh, it was working for a while and it was always with good intentions people Mm -hmm. but now I'm like ah fuck this shit Mm -hmm. Uh, I want to be real so I'm going to start dismantling all of the lies Mm -hmm. and as I work my way down I'm going to get to what's real and then that's where I'm going to be for a while Mm -hmm. so I'm kind of being quote unquote like a disruptor right now only Mm -hmm. because I'm in the process of dismantling the lies and Mm -hmm. sharing that with others in my journey and then eventually I don't, I don't need to be a disruptor anymore. I can just be yeah. where I'm at mm-hmm. and share truthfully and be a real grounded brand and be a woman that I can look in the mirror and feel like I'm doing good in the world. Mm. And that's my goal. What per, what, what sparked this? <laughs> yeah. What did you say? I said, what are the lies? 
Uh, you know? Yeah. Well, we're talking about some of them. I mean, these are the lies that seven-figure business oh, means okay. something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, Those, okay, yeah. Okay. Like what? How did this? So December, I felt really sluggish the entire month. I don't know why. I just felt really tired. I felt like nothing was working. I felt exhausted. But I had strategically planned that January I was going to launch my second version of my uh, Own Your Spotlight group program. Mm -hmm. I ran the first one in August. It was beautiful. I loved it so much. And so I, even though everything in my body told me not to do it, because um, I, was, I was also feeling really jaded by the coaching industry, mm. I was feeling like, how is it that these people that know nothing are making so much money? Mm -hmm. And uh, it, that felt really yucky, you know, like the genuinely good people, the people who I see really know what they're talking about are making so little. And the people who just invest in a website and they're the loudest and have the most Facebook ads, they seem to be just making all the money. And that felt so unfair to me in that moment. And so I was sluggish. I was unexcited. But I felt this pressure to launch my group program because of my strategic plan. I had a very strategic plan mm -hmm. for 2017. <laughs> and mm. so I pushed and I launched it and it went fine. You know, it was fine. Uh, but the entire time I was like, oh, this does not feel good. And in that process of not feeling good and feeling jaded by the industry, I found a woman named Kelly Deals. And she wrote about the female lifestyle empowerment brand. She's writing this whole book about what it means to have a female lifestyle empowerment brand. And uh, she calls it FLEB for short. I love that so much. So Ivanka Trump is the epitome of a FLEB. I mean, think about it. Female means that she has to epitomize the women, like the sexy woman, like mm -hmm. what the embodiment of a true woman is. Literally. That's female. So she looks like a robot. Yeah. You have lifestyle. You have to sell lifestyle. We've been talking about that. You have to look like you have it all. That you have the perfect life. You have to be showing your messy kitchen and has like one book that's a little misaligned. You know, mm -hmm. so messy. Yeah. <laughs> um, Some days you just don't have time. <laughs> Literally. And then you have empowerment. And that's when you're like supporting everyone. You're empowering people. You're empowering women. Again, on the backs of women. In order for you to be on the top of an empowerment brand, a lot of people had to sacrifice and not yeah. do well. Um, and then a brand. And she talks about how the women have this pressure to be a brand. And they can't really be themselves anymore. Like, not even entrepreneurs. Just like any yeah. woman have, feels like they have to have this brand image in the world. Um, okay, so she wrote that article. And she's continuing to write What's articles. What's her name? Uh, Kelly Deals. D-I-E-L-S. And I fell in love with her work because she she put name to everything that I was feeling already. Yeah. Uh, and then I entered her Facebook group, and in the group we talk. Well, the, the women uh, and men in the group talk a lot about uh, inclusionary marketing and how to sell in a in a way that is inclusionary. And so we have a lot of conversation about sexism, but also racism and ableism. This idea mm. that able-bodied uh, people are better than disabled people, mm. and that our society doesn't help disabled people. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, there's just a lot of conversations about, you know, what it looks like to be a woman mm -hmm. when right now we have so many people in the non-binary realm mm -hmm. or people who are trans or, you know, converting from one to the other and like how they want to be called and how they want to be perceived in the world. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of conversation, right, about sex and gender and what that looks like. So we talk a lot about inclusionary marketing techniques. And when I was in that group, I started feeling like, OK, so I really was feeling like something is off. 
So that's what kind yeah. of sparked it in December, January. And then I've been in this hole. And just this past month, I've been in this awakening of like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready, world. Yeah. I'm ready. Here I, I would am. sing if I would sing, you know, ready to step into kind of my space right now. And that's yeah. in the dismantling process mm-hmm. of all the things that I was taught that is no longer supporting me. Damn, when you're talking about that, I'm just feeling like, like guilty for like my myopic view of my life. Okay, first off, I'm so glad that you brought that up. So here's what happens when we start to examine our privilege, right? We start to examine like shit. I'm literally a, like when you I'm said a like, white woman in Los Angeles. Yeah. Like my biggest problem is like the gas is like 20 cents higher than it was yesterday. Yeah. Or whatever. I mean, we have no. My so, problem is my roots right now. <laughs> <laughs> so we have okay. First off, we have genuine problems, and there's and yeah, you know, everyone has genuine problems, and it's you know when we're little and and we didn't finish our plates, and we're like, well, there's starving children in Africa, and like you felt like you had a like feed yeah. eat. so that's kind of unfair we can't be comparing people's problems so we can't say that just because your problems doesn't look like their problems your problems are invalid because that creates a sense of um disconnect between you and your experience in life and we're mm-hmm. not trying to do that everyone has their genuine problems i'm sure ivanka trump has genuine problems because the mm-hmm. country hates her so i'm sure she feels mm-hmm. <laughs> genuinely problem stuff yeah so we're not taking that away and we have to honor that we have to honor where mm-hmm. we are I was born, like, I, I'm Latina, so people think that I'm not white, but my heritage comes from Europe. So I am white. My skin is white. A little, mm-hmm. little tanner. Yeah, I know you got tan. Thank you. <laughs> I'm blonde. So I, I'm from Brazil, which is a country that's very sexualized in this country. People love it. As opposed yeah, to if do. I were to say I'm from Iraq, people would perceive me differently, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. I have, a, I have a, a, a certain amount of privilege, and I have a little bit less because I'm an immigrant. So we all have that spectrum, mm-hmm. right? Some may be on the complete like all the way in the privileged spectrum okay so we're not taking away anyone's problems yeah and what happens when we start to awaken to our privilege and start to realize like wow i have been kind of looking at a smaller lens Mm -hmm. and now i'm being invited to open at a bigger lens is a shame and guilt is kind of inevitable i think mine is more so like my the educate the sources or the Places that I'm going to educate myself on a daily basis or keep myself informed or keep myself connected to other people are more in the space of what I'm in. And I'm not really looking outside myself. And that is why I I do not like the phrase, your vibe attracts your tribe. Hmm. I don't like it. Because of this. Yeah. Because our whatever our vibe is only really brings in our same type of people. Yeah. And when we're surrounded by the same type of people, then we're not really challenged to grow and to be anybody better. Yeah, that's true. Um, and so one of the things I always invite people is notice your friend group and notice if it's all one race, one color, whatever. As you know, a white person, I just feel like maybe we have a little bit more responsibility in our privilege to expand our friend circle and really and, and that's not to say I have the token black friend. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but to really start uh, to notice if we're inclusionary in our in our tribe, yeah. quote unquote. Uh, okay. So when we feel shame, we immediately want to shut down. Because shame around our privilege mm-hmm. is very uncomfortable. And that's mm. why they, they call it white fragility. Hmm. And it's that fragile ego that we have that, yeah. oh, my gosh, like someone's trying to take away my, my life, my, mm. who, my perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's called white, uh, white fragility. And it's a real thing. Like mm-hmm. when you try to call people out that they were a little bit racist or sexist people don't like that mm-hmm. right? They, they feel that fragile sense yeah. of you're about to like. What does Donald Trump say? What did he say? Like about he's like I love black people like 
He said like the weirdest shit. No one loves black people more, more than, than me. Donald Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, sh- no one respects women more than yes. I do. Yes, yes, yes. So shame and guilt are kind of in- inevitable when yeah. we start to awaken. And I think what's really important is that we sit with the shame mm-hmm. and we don't let it close us down mm-hmm. because that's the tendency when we are like being questioned that we may have been living in a little bubble. Yeah, we immediately want to like no 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 I can't hear I mean, you but I can't you hear you sucky you do that yeah I can't hear you I can't I can't hear you yeah. um, but we do this just unconsciously because we're so it, this is ego at work we're so attached mm-hmm. to our life and our privilege and we're attached to having life be nice and rosy that we don't want to see the shit yeah we want to believe that we're in a post-feminist post-racist society like we want to believe that so badly so start to notice the shame and the the guilt as they Mm -hmm. come up you know and and really just be with that and this is a lot of the work i do with my women is really practice honoring their emotions instead of pushing our emotions to the Mm -hmm. side and honoring our emotions is or dishonoring our emotions is what gets us into places like binge eating and you know, having mm, yeah. body dysmorphia and issues with our body because we're disconnected from it. Yeah, Emotions are pretty crucial, especially for women. So we want to start practicing honoring our shame, honoring the guilt, honoring it and holding space for it. And then knowing that if it's coming up, it means that there's something deeper there. Yeah. The, 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 this is not the last stop. And if you can really open up to it, you're going to be shown such a beautiful world, such a a world of vast potential that lies Mm. within every human being if we just weren't so scared of being challenged Mm -hmm. and so scared. And, you know, the more narrow our existence is, like we surround ourselves with the same people and we don't travel, you know, because we can't or we don't want to, you know, there's both. Um, But we kind of close ourselves off and then pretty soon we stop stretching ourselves so far and we get more and more comfortable, more and more, you know, in our little existence, it's so easy to then understand why we then become racist or because everything's challenging us. And so our opportunity as awakened spiritual badass entrepreneurs who have so much potential is to open, Mm -hmm. open and open and open and expand, Mm -hmm. expand that awakening to our privilege actually makes you a better human not a lesser human Mm -hmm. and that guilt and shame will can burn into you a a sense of justice and a sense of love for Mm -hmm. humanity in a deeper way than just humans that tend to have a melatonin level that agrees with you Mm -hmm. and that's the invitation here is to start challenging the beliefs start challenging the marketing start challenging the stuff that you've been doing from the lens of if i challenge then what if I can expand into something even better? Mm-hmm. And then when I make money from that, it feels genuinely good. Mm-hmm. It feels like I'm doing good in the world instead of exploiting the world. Because mm-hmm. if we talk about like everything is energy, then energetically we must be feeling something is off in the coaching world. And mm-hmm. we are seeing that. There's yeah. a lot of people that are calling this stuff out. Yeah. Because they're feeling it. They're feeling like there's something off. Yeah. That's it. That's all I got. My Literally. Job. You're blowing my fucking mind. <laughs> Welcome to my now, life. Now, do you have any, um, like, yeah, resistance from... Yeah, i really fast. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> resistance from the coaching world? Yeah. Like, are you vocal are you about this in a way? I am, yeah. I've been posting a lot on my social media. First off, write down everydayfeminism.com. Okay. It's a great, great website for all people, all beings who want to educate and learn more about inclusivity 
and uh, being more woke, being more quote unquote woke. Yeah. Uh, being more familiar with mm. these issues. About and, all topics or only related to women? Uh, all topics. Mm -hmm. They talk a lot about privilege, fragility. They talk about how we can relate to the different races in a better way. We can talk. They talk about how to support. Pe it's not just about feminism. So, so the word is intersectional feminism. Mm -hmm. So, intersectional feminism is this idea that you are your more def you're not just defined by your gender you're also defined yeah. by the color of your skin you're also defined by your uh status in in the world mm -hmm. you know you're defined by many different intersections and so if we only talk about one of those intersections we we are missing on the opportunity of talking about how they all come together mm -hmm. so you're not just a woman you are you know a black woman and therefore your blackness gives you a certain experience your womanness gives you a certain experience and together they create a more of a myriad of experiences that we need to be talking about so that's a really good website yeah i've been getting some pushback from from people um but mostly i think people are relieved that there's someone that's actually speaking stuff that they've been feeling for mm. a very long time mm -hmm. again because i really think that there is a bubble that's bursting in the coaching world specifically because it's the only one that i really can speak of but um the more I speak to this and I talk about how manifesting is a lot of baloney, uh, it's really, some of it is completely true. Most of it is a lot of um, not grounded in realness. So I'll give you one example yeah, real quick. speak to that. Just say their name. Say my name, say my name. Say the coach's name. No one is around you. Say you know, maybe I, uh, I don't. I don't have any I'm particular coaches. I have a whole list mm. that I keep in the back of my mind. But it's good. Because, fucking blacklist. Yeah. Because, no, it's good because I, I follow them and I see what they're writing and then I write the exact opposite. Or I'll be like, that's problematic. Yeah. It's amazing. Okay, so or here's. like, you fucking stole that quote. <laughs> oh my God. That's another podcast. Yeah. So here's, here's a really simple little thing about manifesting that I have a problem with. So when I was taught manifesting, um, I even. I recently did a video on this, and I even quoted a specific passage in the book. God, it's slipping. Wallace Waddles, something about making money. He's, it's like one of the more foundational manifestation books. And he writes specifically in the passage, you cannot look at poverty or you become poor. You cannot look at what is broken or you become broken. And so we are taught in the manifesting world, like the manifesting conversation, that if you want to manifest the million dollars, you can't look at your lack or look at your brokenness, right? It's called scarcity mentality. Yep. So you have to be focused on abundance and attract. In order to attract abundance, like attracts like, you have to feel abundant, be abundant, have all the abundances, okay? So on, on one level, of course, that's true. Of course, if you're always focusing in that negative space of I'm broken, 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 broke, it's very hard for you to be inspired to make something mm. happen. It, yeah. it's, it, and it's not even just because like attracts like. It's how our mind works. If you're so caught up in the shit, it's very hard for you to like get a little perspective and think about the greater yeah. picture. This is how the mind works. Fight, flight, freeze, right? Okay, so... On one level, it's totally fine. On the other level, um, the majority of the world is in a state of poverty, and it's very privileged to not look at it because you're not in a state of poverty. Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's very easy for us to say, well, just never look at poor people, and we won't become poor. But I have family in Brazil who are poor. And what are you telling me? That I can't admit that they're poor, that I can't look at them, I can't talk to them, I can't mm -hmm. be with them? So this is a privileged position, see, mm -hmm. where we're saying, I can't even I can't even think about the fact that the majority of the world, you know, the median salary in the world is ten thousand a year. Mm -hmm. I can't even think about the ninety eight percent in the world if I want to become the two percent. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that that's true. I don't think that that's a very grounded way of looking mm -hmm. at manifestation. Mm -hmm. I think we can completely hold space because oh, because then it 
it perpetuates this idea that if you're poor, it's your fault and you just got to manifest your way into richness, mm-hmm. right? Because like attracts like. So if anyone has the power of the law of attraction, that means everyone can be rich mm-hmm. and everyone can have a bajillion dollars if they really mm-hmm. wanted it. So the fact that the majority of the world doesn't, and maybe you don't, then you're broken and not believing in yourself enough. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that there's an endless amount of resources in the world. Who said that? Like, who was like, there is yeah. endless money in the world. There's not endless money. You can't just print more money. It lowers the value of the money down. There is not an endless amount of water. There is finite leaves. There are finite leaves in the world. Like, I'm sure some crazy person could count them all. Like, there, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. there's a vast amount. Like, our mind can't even imagine how many stars there are. Mm-hmm. But there is a limited amount. Mm-hmm. And so I think we, we skewed this manifestation to believe that because there is endless amount of stars that means i can have them all Mm. does that make sense like i can have all of the stars because or just that there's no limit to what i can manifest or there's no limit to what i can receive and so So. what i'm saying is and i like to quote this as the zebras versus the lions so if you think of yourself as a lion and you're in the you know the safari 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 Safari, yeah. Yeah. yeah okay so let's talk about it this way. There's, let's say before humans fucked it up, there's endless zebras, okay? There's mm-hmm. an abundance of zebras. There's true abundance of zebras. That means the lion has an abundance of zebras. Mm-hmm. He can eat as many zebras as he wants. Mm-hmm. So that's all true so far. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe he's not supposed to have all of the zebras. Mm-hmm. Because if he were to have all of the zebras, then... He'd be fat. He'd be fat. <laughs> he'd be like glutton. Yeah. And he would be taking away from the other lions. Yeah. We yeah. never want to think about money that way, mm-hmm. right? Because we're so neurotic about our money that we can't fathom that if there is a number of zebras, it may be an abundance of it. There may be more than enough for everybody. But if you take more than your fair share, there will be less for somebody else. So maybe instead of manifesting in terms of you can have it all, what if it means you can have as much as you need? And that can be a lot. The zebra, the lion can be very happy with one zebra a week. He can feel fulfilled. He's fit. He still likes that little hunger of like the, the hunt. Mm-hmm. You know, he feels f- happy and purposeful. Mm. He feels like he has time in his hands to lick his paws and to mate and to do, right? Like he, he has an abundance of time. Mm-hmm. He feels good about himself. But he doesn't have to have 30 million zebras in order to have that. Mm-hmm. He can have his once a week or whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. So in that image, what if we were to think of money that same way? Like we can all have enough. We do all have the possibility of having enough. And what if we don't have to have it all in order to feel really good about ourselves? And I think what what that does is it gives us a liberating sense of what if I don't need to make 30 million billion dollars in order to feel fulfilled? Like what if I can have a business that makes steady income and I can be doing really good work and I can have my BMW convertible and I can have a nice house that I feel happy in. It's not the biggest. It's not the smallest. And I can give back and I have a lot of abundance of money that I can give mm-hmm. back. And what if that could be good enough? Like what if what if I can fill up my space but not need to fill up everybody else's space as well? Mm-hmm. So that's a, a belief I've been playing with around manifesting and law of attraction is just let's get a little more grounded and real. We can have it all because we are white women that know how to be savvy and scrappy and we've worked yeah. hard and we've we've gone through so much stuff and I've, we've had so many opportunities and so many challenges and we can have whatever we want. We really truly can. And 
let's be mindful of the fact that maybe not everyone is on the same path, not everyone else can, and what is our responsibility in that? Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying here. We don't have to get all radical. We don't have to become a feminist. I think it's just important to be a little bit more of conscientious human beings. Mm-hmm. And that's the high horse I've been preaching from. <laughs> I feel like tra- travel <clears throat> has really helped me do that. Like, it's like, I think, you know, I'm like, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. You know, blah, blah. And then it's like, I go to like Vietnam or in Africa and I'm like in these like townships in Africa and it's like, everything happens for a reason for you. Yeah. You know, like. For you, it's nice to say that. Well, and it's easy to say that when you don't have cancer. Exactly. Or you don't have to have your leg amputated because you stepped on or a... anything bad. Or anything bad. Anything bad. You yeah. know, it's like, yeah. That's... So, and that's great. You know, I, I think if we could have, if I could change some things around, I would have the government sponsor each individual in America to travel to a third world country. Yeah. Um, and I think that would be amazing. The majority of Americans mm-hmm. haven't traveled beyond their tri-state area they don't want to well, they can't they don't have the resources they don't yeah, have finances you know again it's like it's hard to try or it's a curated trip mm-hmm. so so if we could sponsor more travel if we could mm-hmm. you know sponsor young kids high schoolers to travel to a different country i think they would become more open-minded they would be um mm-hmm. probably a little bit more social like more into the social economy mm-hmm. Um, but again, the majority of this country are they can't afford that. And that's, you know, that's a goal of mine with blogging is to do travel trips like volunteer trips. Mm. So like documenting and sharing volunteer trips that I go on. So not only will I be taking great trips that are amazing that I want to tell you about where I was staying, what I was eating, what I was wearing, but mm. also to like volunteer trips around the world where yeah. you can like help people where you can also donate and participate. Yeah. And it'd be great to sponsor people, too. Yeah. You know, like, like um. Humans of New York did this amazing campaign where they um, raised... Humans of New York is everything. Oh, my God. He's he's everything. And he fundraised to um, a campaign for one of the most um, uh, low-income school Mm -hmm. for all of the kids to go to Harvard uh, once a year. Wow, and uh, the principal is amazing, and uh, she's like, "This is gonna, this changes the things because if these kids who live in the, the worst of the worst can see their, they can, yeah. ha- they can see that, most of them don't ever go out of their neighborhood. So mm-hmm. if they can start to even see that, that's a, that could be a possibility for them. And they interviewed a bunch of the kids and how excited they are. Travel is everything, mm-hmm. and we have to find a way of spreading that travel joy around to people who can't afford it mm-hmm. or you know don't even know that they want it mm-hmm. everyone wants it they just may not know that they want it mm-hmm. yeah you know? true can we switch gears really fast and talk mm-hmm. about meditation yeah yeah and Let's the, do it. your so where you how you found meditation your practice yeah yeah so i've been meditating since i was seven how <laughs> my mom yeah. does she meditate she wow. does so cool. my mom's a, a spiritual teacher long before i became a teacher peanuts meditate That's so she so she got she bought the vhs tapes with the little kids like doing yoga oh. and like i did you guys are giving me way too much credit i fucking hated every second of it that's amazing i mean when i was forced to meditate i was like sit there like i don't want to be doing this yeah (laughs) like you know your little seven-year-old brain like what the fuck are you thinking about oh my god you know what i mean i know what the fuck are seven-year-olds thinking about no idea so 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 that's fine so when i was going through that awakening kind of experience after college uh, and during college, mm-hmm. I 
started dabbling in uh, Buddhism mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. Buddhism for me felt non-threatening. Like I wasn't ready to believe in God yet, right? Like I wasn't like, even though I heard that voice, mm -hmm. like I wasn't ready to go all gung-ho with the universe. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what I love about the Buddhist tradition, so beautiful, is that it's really about finding a sense of belonging and safety within yourself. Mm -hmm. And, um, I love that. you know, the Buddha says, what I'm doing now, challenge everything. Do not believe anything challenge everything I say to you mm. um, and so I, I started kind of um, uh, practicing some of the Buddhist traditions like I started practicing some Vipassana I started doing um, just some Tonglen meditation you know playing with um, just sitting <laughs> and uh, I never really liked guided meditations I, I didn't want someone else to fucking tell me how to meditate mm -hmm. I really just like to sit in silence and uh, then I became a yoga teacher, so I got even more kind of tools in my toolkit, and I mm -hmm. learned a lot about the Hindu tradition and um, chanting and mm -hmm. um, mantras, and that was a really beautiful experience. And so I started infusing some of that in my meditation, and now I just kind of let the day tell me what I meditate and how I meditate. Some days I don't, mm -hmm. and the best part about the days that I don't is I have no judgment that I don't meditate. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is one of the most freeing things that we can give ourselves mm -hmm. is to let go of the shoulds and expectations mm -hmm. of how our practice should look like and be like. Mm -hmm. So I just show up, and then on days that I want to meditate, I do, and some days I journal, and some days I just sit there and look at my, you know, altar, and some days I do like an hour yoga class, you know, yoga experience, mm -hmm. and um, it's been it's been a really cool journey, but mostly I found that meditation can be really really beautiful if we can just commit to it. Mm -hmm. like as much as possible yeah. and when you don't want to sit in meditation that you don't want to like sit with the feelings of I don't want to I don't want to meditate mm -hmm. you know like meditate on that wanting to meditate it, it you'll start to find that there's a deeper sense of who you are beyond your thoughts and I think that's mm -hmm. that that's amazing because when we can start separating ourselves from our thoughts then we're not so fragile in our ego mm -hmm. and when someone tells us like that's racist or that that's privileged it's not so hard 100%. on ourselves because we're a little separated we know that we're deeper than that 100%. and um so i love meditating and i and i think the more that we can all invite more of that meditative reverence and uh, devotion to life i think we'll find ourselves being much less reactive when mm -hmm. trump says something shitty I think that's something I've realized now too with meditation like I've meditated for five years six years and it's changed my life it's changed my personality it's mm. changed there's nothing in my life that's changed me more than meditation and yeah. that's I've realized actually the past year meditation has changed my reaction to people's feedback mm. for me mm -hmm. so if my family has feedback for me if my job has feedback for me if Justin has feedback for me it's like I just am so much I take it so much better yeah I'm just like Totally. Like, I get that. Like, I just don't, I'm not like offended by it. Like, yeah. I'm not, it's not personal. I don't, it's not like I don't care. It's just like my ability to have, not have my ego be bruised yeah. by someone else's feedback or opinion of me is like so much different than it's ever been. Yeah. It's really beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think that that's, that's the ultimate, the ultimate goal with meditation, I think, is to help you become a better human. Mm -hmm. mm. And I think we forget that. It does, yeah. We forget because we, we kind of all love the idea of being so spiritual. Mm -hmm. Like, I went to a, a bit more calm. Yeah. I went to a, an event in, in Venice. 
It's my hood, baby. And at ceremony meditation. V Town at Rama. So uh, no, no, it was an event at um, Circle, something Circle, Circle. Oh yeah, house. yeah, on the corner of yes. Rosen. Yes, 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 yes. So there was a, a woman that. So I was with my friend, and my friend wanted. I like it. Does that? I like it. Oh, lights just went out. Okay, kind of nice. It is kind of nice. I like it better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I went to. Uh, so okay. Me and my friend, I got distracted by the lights. Mm-hmm. Uh, me and my friend went to be introduced to her friend. Mm-hmm. And her friend is so spiritual that um, she was sitting and talking to somebody and refused to acknowledge our presence. And we stood there waiting for her to turn to us and talk to us for five minutes. But she was so spiritual and just so grounded. In they use con- spirituality as like a judgment. I this, fucking actually know about that. In yeah. this conversation, I'm just so... I'm just so centered right now. Yeah, I'm so present with her. So present. Yep. And I'm like, hello. Like you know that we're here. Literally suck my dick. Yeah. So so it, it we you <laughs> so we use spirituality <laughs> to really deny ourselves the humanness of this experience. So instead, I like to think of spirituality as a way to inform the human experience into a really more kind, loving experience where you can say to the person that's waiting five minutes, I love you, I see you. Let me just I, I acknowledge your presence mm. and now I'm going to continue this conversation and also I'm going to say you know what this conversation is all very deep and I cannot give you my full presence right now because I'm in a fucking workshop in Venice so why don't we have this conversation mm. another time or something anything I don't yeah. know I don't care it's just like what if we didn't have to be such dicks about spirituality yeah. <laughs> feel that <laughs> literally I live in Venice and I fucking feel that Yes. Real quick, so for people who want to meditate, how would you tell them how to meditate? Because I think a lot of our listeners are curious about meditation. They're yeah. interested in it. Mm, good. Um, so how would you coach someone how to meditate? So the first thing I, I like to invite people is to not do a sitting meditation. Mm-hmm. And the only reason why I often in, don't invite the sitting meditation right away is, you know, we've been running away from our thoughts and ourselves and our lives our entire lives. Mm. So if you're like 30 years old and you've been running away from yourself for 30 years with all the distractions and all the things and you've mm-hmm. never actually listened to yourself, it's very terrifying. Yeah. And most people, when are, they're faced with the idea of having to sit in silence with themselves and their thoughts are just terrified. And so I hear a lot of, I know I should meditate, but I just don't. Well, that's why. It's actually very healthy that you don't want to meditate because you're going to be inundated with the things in your head that you've been distracting yourself from or binging on or whatever. So instead of going all in, which, again, if you want to go all in, go all in. But what I found to be a more sustainable way to kind of introduce yourself to meditation is to, you know, do something like yoga, which gets you moving in your physical body. Um, so you start to um, disassociate yourself a little bit from your thoughts through your physical practice. Um, and also just to find ways to do moving meditations. Like I invite my clients to start by when they're brushing their teeth. You know, just when you're brushing, see if you can really focus your attention mm. on the actual experience of brushing your teeth. And the minute you're being pulled into your thoughts, notice those thoughts and come back to the experience. The same thing for doing the dishes. We do these things so mindlessly. Like, we're just thinking about all of our to-do lists while we're doing the dishes. What if we took that opportunity to get really in a sense of reverence to the dishes, mm-hmm. to the food that you just consumed, right? And be, like, scrubbing each dish, like, noticing how the water feels in your hands. It's it's a simple practice. It can take just a couple minutes a day. And then once you start feeling more comfortable mm-hmm. with bringing your attention to one thing and focusing on your breath and focusing on that, then your I invite you to do a sitting meditation. Start like two minutes, three minutes. My favorite app is the Insight Timer. 
uh, meditation app. It's beautiful. You can do a gong uh, or you can do guided meditations. And they have so many guided mm-hmm. meditations. Tara Brock is my favorite. No. You don't like her? She's my favorite. She's everything to mm-hmm. me. She's everything to me. Mm-hmm. Her voice is the only voice that I like. Want. It's so She's true. She's amazing. I Tara listen Brock. to her and Jack Cornfield almost every day. She's amazing. Do you know Jack Cornfield? Canfield? Cornfield. Cornfield. No, I don't know him. Oh. Yeah, I don't know him either. He's he's like Biffles with Tara. They did a. <laughs> I know their entire relationship. That's no, kidding. I love that. Uh, Jack is based out of here uh-huh. on the West Coast, and she's based out of the East Coast. Yeah, right. she's like in Maryland. She's in Bethesda. I saw her live. Yeah, you I would did. see her live every week. Yeah, she's beautiful. Yeah, she rocks. Uh, yeah, I like to listen to her when I'm falling asleep. So her meditations is on Insight yeah. Timer. Yeah. Uh, so I I highly recommend her, and uh, she just brings such practicality to spirituality. Her jokes. I know. Love her during her little so talk. So Jack Cornfield does the exact same thing. Love them. But in his very grounded, jokes. masculine mm. energy. So she has that kind of feminine. And mm-hmm. he, mm, you're going to love him. Love. He is divine. Divine. He's a that's divine beautiful. man. I love him very much. So yeah, so that, that's... That's great. It's a great place to start. Yeah. You know, like you don't have to do, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be overwhelming. But the internal stuff is scary and overwhelming when you're mm-hmm. not used to it. So we've got to start. Ease into it. Yeah. yeah we got to just be gentle. So you know, notice every time you say should. Because that, maybe you shouldn't. I think it was Thich Nhat Hanh who says, yeah. if you think that you should, you probably shouldn't. If you think yeah. you have to meditate, you're not ready to meditate. And I'm so onto that. Because when you're, natu- when you're ready to meditate, you're just going to naturally meditate. Um, and but beca- but because we live in a society where that's not even taught, we may never feel like it's time to meditate. And the more that we can find ways to bring reverence and mindfulness into your daily activities, the more like when you're waiting in line, what if you weren't to be on your phone? Like, what would that look like? Mm. Like, instead of being on your phone in Starbucks line, you can just take deep breaths and count mm-hmm. your breaths, you know, or. When you're, you know, about to go to sleep, instead of being on social media, what if you were to just focus on taking really deep breaths? Mm-hmm. Breath work is my favorite. Ugh. It can immediate, like, mm-hmm. just grounding. So there's all those ways. Love that. What so are you excited about? What am I excited about? I'm excited that it's uh, summer and I just, we get to go to the <laughs> beach. I love the beach. I do, too. too we, I mean, she loves right. Yeah. It's getting hot, but I, I don't think it's going to be this hot all summer. I no. Know, I agree. So, yeah, I was just like Don't sticky in my apartment, like cooking. I was like, I'm sweating. <laughs> like, what are you excited about for your for your coaching business? Yeah, yeah. I am really excited. I, f- I finally have like a really clear plan of mm. how I want to operate for the rest of the year. And I'm relaunching my Own Your Spotlight group program in August. But Yay. it's going to have a really more inclusionary um, uh, kind of marketing vision on it mm-hmm. so it's so own your spotlight is uh i teach a master class and a group program and it's all about how to support women in activating their voices and finding their voice and mm-hmm. finding their um so it's it's really um so it's nothing in the program is inherently different but i'm packaging it up just a little bit differently mm-hmm. to feel more aligned to how yeah. i've been awakening in the past few months so mm-hmm. i'm really excited about that and my master class is going to be in november here in la i'm really excited oh. about that Okay. Yeah, we'll yeah. Be there. Mm-hmm. Great. It's going to be really, really, really good. 
waiting yeah. at the door. <laughs> waiting at the door. <laughs> Hello. It's us. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for inviting us. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I said. You um, said you were inclusionary. <laughs> <laughs> what about us? <laughs> and how can our listeners find you? And so you can go to my, you. yeah, you can go to my website, thaisky.com. It's Thais like, like Thailand. T-H-A-I-N-N-S and another S-K-Y.com. Your website's beautiful. Thank you. And I love, uh, I love to be on my Facebook page mm. and to be on Instagram and all the social media platforms. Great. So you can find all that. And your blog posts are good too. Yeah. They're really good. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate so you also that. coach for yoga too. I do. So yeah. yeah, you know, I started out as a yoga teacher mm-hmm. and a health coach and now I've formed, I've, you know, grew more into being a, a worthiness coach, I guess, if you have to put it that way, and a spiritual mindfulness mm-hmm. kind of teacher. Uh, but I love yoga asana. I love meditation. I love connecting to something mm. bigger than ourselves and inside of ourselves. I love that connection. I feel like it's so essential. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just I'm I'm pulling myself away just a little bit, like uh, yoga asana mm-hmm. and and vinyasa and yoga studios. Just haven't really found my a group of, like a yoga studio that really screams that drives with you. Uh, I'm an yeah that screams like not Instagram LA yogi. Have you been mm-hmm. to the yoga collective? I don't think I have. It's in Venice. It's in Venice. everything. Oh, actually, I have. Yes, yes, Which I have. I have a subs- I, it's my. It's a little far from me. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. So, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But Love. I yoga has always been the backbone of my life. Mm. So. Love. We'll see how it goes. Amazing. Love. Thank you. So much. Hashtag was... love and light. Like something like let's You changed my life. <laughs> Can we do a part two of this? Because yeah, I feel like we have like, a lot to talk about. Yeah, this like Yeah. <laughs> all I'm saying, people don't have like stimulating conversations all the time like this. It's just important I to do. bring awareness to our lives. That's all. Yeah. It's just most people like to be in their la la. Well, land. I think people say, "Well, I should be more mindful," and it's like, there's. I think there's a difference between like mindfulness and being like fully aware yeah. of like. I think mindfulness is like very like inward. Yeah. Well, and here's what I'm me. having. This is what I'm having. Kind of like um, not an issue, but like I'm I'm meandering around. It's like, how do you get people to wake up? Like, how do you get people to wake yeah. up? Like, not even wake up to spirituality. Um. But wake up to let's let's use the word feminism just mm-hmm. for the hot moment because I feel like that's the best way mm-hmm. <laughs> to embody it. Lacroix popping. Uh, how do we get more people to to become aware of of their privilege and to become yeah. aware? And there's you know this is a rhetorical question. There are a lot of amazing activists who are every day yeah. uh, advocating for social justice and racial justice and awakening white people. And there's t- go to everyday feminism. You'll see that there's so many people who are having this conversation. Um, so I'm not alone. But I've just been really sitting with like mm. what what why did I wake up when I did? Like where have I been? Like how did I not know about? Like of course I knew mm. like racism. Like we you know we. We always keep it in the back of our heads, but not to this mm-hmm. extent that we've been talking about today. Like right. I was just a normal chick wanting to make money from our business, you yeah. know, and then to have this like mind blown, like how did that happen? And why yeah. did that happen at this time? And what does that mean? And how do I support other people on that journey of mm. waking up? Is it is that what I'm going to see myself as being this disruptor and going to every single white woman and be like, did you know that racism is still real? You know, mm-hmm. like what? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what I'm so supposed do, to. just whisper it in their face. Yeah. <laughs> so like this whole podcast interview, like I may, you know, 
I I knew I know a lot of what I'm just talking go to about. Like Brentwood, <laughs> <laughs> just like a dinner spot in Brentwood. And be like faces and still real yeah. <laughs> while oh they're God. eating their salad. I just put I just hold up a sign and I just like slowly bring yeah. it up, like right in front of them <laughs> while they're brunching and while they're brunching. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Outside of Soul Cycle. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and 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 like, how do you not only get people to like understand, um, but actually have them like care mm-hmm. and like yeah. do some and do yeah. things differently and give a shit and give a shit and like yeah. really start to check in with what they're doing, like not even see it as an external problem, but as they contribute mm-hmm. to that problem, mm-hmm. because every they are me white person contributes to the problem of racism in this country mm-hmm. because we all have privilege and again it's a spectrum Mm -hmm. but every white man contributes the inequality of sexism inequality of of women in this country yeah Mm -hmm. they say like if if white people really wanted equality we would have it Mm -hmm. and don't you think that's true look our entire government is run by white men Mm -hmm. if they truly wanted equality for all that's true it would already happen yeah so there's 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 a disconnect there Mm -hmm. and so like i don't know i don't know Mm -hmm. i just am feeling more and more responsible for knowing yeah for understanding and for doing something about it yeah and uh, you know not everyone has to step up and first off you don't have to be a leader in any capacity there are already people doing this work support marginalized voices if you're like listening to this and you want to support the conversation of racism and sexism, like you don't have to start anything. You don't have to start a group or start the conversation. Just go to where they are already meeting Mm -hmm. because we have to support marginalized voices instead of empowering our own, right? There's enough Mm -hmm. white people talking about what to do, right? Mm -hmm. There was a a white uh, male coach uh, on Facebook who was thinking about starting to coach women because someone said that the world women will be the world will be saved by women and he got so inspired by that he goes oh like maybe I need to be coaching women too and I'm like no 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 we don't need another white man coaching women yeah, you need to true. support support women so support true. women coaches and being you know no more importantly really support your male clients and acknowledging where they may be oppressing women. Mm -hmm. Don't you think that's a much more powerful conversation than trying to capitalize on the trend of women and try to, like, make money? But he, you know, it's like, these are the things Mm -hmm. that we've got to be asking ourselves. So you don't have to lead anything. You just have to engage in a conversation that's already happening. Mm. That's all I'm I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Damn, girl. Damn. So powerful. Part two coming yeah. soon. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks in advance for coming here. Yeah, this is. <laughs> I'm totally so here. This fun. space is divine. Isn't it rule? No, it's yeah. divine. But we're really awesome as well. <laughs> space. Obviously. Space is cool, but. We're you awesome. two are pretty kick ass. Thank we you are. so much for being here. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for awesome. having we me. We love you. Can't wait to hang. Yeah. <laughs> We love you guys. Yeah, we'll be over later. <laughs> we'll see you <laughs> we'll next ins- We'll Instagram it. We we'll Instagram all of our and then it will happen. LA adventures. <laughs> Hashtag Thanks manifesting. <laughs> Hashtag light and love. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.